Thank you for listening to Value-Based Care Insights, a podcast by Lumina Health Partners. In this series, host Daniel J. Marino, Managing Partner of Lumina, talks to top experts and thought leaders in healthcare to help you navigate on the journey to value-based care in the ever-changing landscape of the industry. The goal of this series is to bring you disruptive success strategies by leveraging Lumina's experiences, stories, and insights from working with health professionals and organizations across the country. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to invite you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think about the episode and any questions that are top of mind. Now let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Value-Based Care Insights. I'm your host, Daniel Marino. In today's episode, we're going to spend some time talking about operational effectiveness. And for any of you that have listened to our podcast over the last couple of months, know that we talked about operational effectiveness and how it can be used to improve workforce performance. And during that episode, we discussed how a lot of challenges had occurred to our workforce in terms of recruiting staff, keeping staff happy and retaining staff, how we could improve process to make staff more effective. And at that time, I had my colleague, Kate Geick, on, who is an expert in operational effectiveness. Well, I have Kate back on today. Very excited to have her. And during our episode, we're going to talk about using operational effectiveness to improve surgical services and a lot of the surgical OR activities that occur for many of the hospitals. Kate, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dan. Happy to be back. So, Kate, when... We think about surgical services and the impact of surgeries on a hospital, the impact of OR efficiencies on the financial performance of hospitals. It's a pretty big impact there. And when I think about the, let's say the number of cases that could occur or even let's say total surgical case time or the turnaround time, All of that is process driven, right? So the more efficient we are in the OR, the more that we could, let's say, handle a a few more cases, the more it keeps our costs down, the more it keeps our surgeons happy, frankly. What are you seeing in terms of how operational effectiveness can be used to improve surgical services and OR performance? I think with not just with surgical services, but any part of the hospital or any processes that you can think of that, you know, could improve. And if you look at it, um, we can make improvements in any area. Um, We talk about continuous improvement. Um, Nothing is perfect. There's always opportunities to improve. Um, I think the thing that people get surprised about is how there is such an inconsistency in processes. So obviously there are lots of nurses and surgeons and lots of people involved. And depending on who's working, the process is different every time, depending on what they prefer to do. And even though standardized um, processes are typically documented, they don't usually get followed. So I think that's what I see very often is people doing whatever they prefer and there's no standardization on the processes. Well, and like you said, in the OR, it's it's tough because you've, you know, you have many different surgeons that come in and they have a little bit of their own practice style, their own, their own nuances. 
Um, you know, you'll have the, the staff there, you'll have the supplies, all of those things, as much as you try to standardize it, variability comes into, comes into play. So I guess if, if I'm a, say a chief nursing officer or a chief operating officer, how do I know if I have a problem? I think you kind of need to identify different KPIs, key performance indicators, and see, compare yourself with other organizations that are similar to you and see if you're really off and then be able to identify why are we so slow, you know, in turnaround time, for example, compared to other organizations. And then you could do maybe a value stream mapping exercise or, you know, diving in and they say, um, go and see in person instead of making assumptions. So go and see what's going on and see how you could improve um, in the KPIs that you're, you know, not on target with. Obviously data is key, right? You have to be able to have the data, interpret the data, understand how what we would call analytic insights, right? Can drive some performance and some opportunities to, to change the process, if you will. I would think that as we start to look at the data and you do some say value stream mapping on the process, you're gonna be able to identify opportunities right away where you could reduce some of the variation, everything from maybe block time utilization to on-time starts or even the turnover of the rooms. Yeah, and I think when they do the value stream mapping exercise, they'll be able to see what kind of things are really easy to change and be able to pilot or launch straight away and what other items that might take maybe a little bit more financial support or more redesign of the process that might take a little bit more effort, but they should consider all those things and see how they could prioritize and what's going to move the needle. When we talk about operational effectiveness, and we talked a little bit about this at the last podcast, but I think it's, I think it's worth discussing further. How do we begin to approach whether we have a opportunity to improve the process? Maybe you can talk a little bit in terms of the tools you would use to be able to launch some type of an operational effectiveness process, maybe using Lean Six Sigma or something of that nature. Where do you start? I think it's two parts. One, we already kind of discussed. It's around data and measuring performance on a regular basis. And typically they would have people who just focus on doing that. But it's tricky because if you have the people from IT or operations doing these KPI measurements, they need to make sure that they're looping back in with the surgical staff, because sometimes it could be separate. Sometimes they're measuring KPIs on a regular basis and maybe sharing it with people. But if that doesn't get back to the uh, surgical staff, sometimes they don't even know what the um, data shows. They can probably feel it. They can probably see it day to day. But you'd be surprised how many times the nursing staff or surgical staff don't even know what the KPIs are and like what the performance is. So I think it's really important to not only measure certain KPIs on a regular basis, but also sharing that with the right people on a regular basis. Oh yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, as you're describing that, it reminds me of a project that I was on a couple of years ago. This particular hospital did not have very good data, not have very good reports, frankly. I think they had a lot of data, just didn't have very good reports. So we had helped them 
create some, I think some pretty good reports to help them identify some of their performance. And one of the things that we did was we shared the reports with the surgeons, with the anesthesiologists, just frankly with the staff. And as they started to see where some of the challenges were, you know, the Hawthorne effect came into play. Mm -hmm. Just the sheer fact that they were able to, to understand what was occurring, it clicked for them right off the bat. And, and they were able to identify areas of opportunity without having good reports like that, without being able to share that information. Um, you know, it, it's very difficult to be able to improve it. Yeah. And I think another thing is often if they are aware of areas that need to be, you know, improved, they might not have the capacity to work on those. It's not that they're not, they don't have ideas or they're not smart enough. They totally are. They are the experts, but sometimes they're so busy and working so many hours. And, you know, as we talked about in previous conversations around workforce, the staff shortages and things like that, they don't have capacity to think about improvements. They just want to get through their day. So I think it's the hospital or the leadership considering, you know, what making a case to provide assistance to people who to make their lives easier and to improve patient care. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And sometimes it's it's tough, right? You're managing the crisis, not necessarily proactively managing a lot of the the issues. And you know, it's it's tough when when you have um, short staff or not the right processes in place, you're managing by, by crisis. I would think going through an operational effectiveness improvement process, whether it's with the OR or it's with the, another area within hospital operations, it may be a little easier with staff to go through that because the staff are there. But what about physicians? Physicians have such a big impact, particularly in the OR. How do we engage the physicians to help them understand that not only are they are they an important part of the process, but but there there's a big implication for them both financially, operationally, certainly from a patient care perspective. Thoughts on how physicians should be engaged? I think engagement could be quite hard, especially with the level of stress or burnout, you know, that they're dealing with. But I think what really brings people together is to think about making sure that they're trying to aim for the same goals and bringing it back to patient care. So you might say, you know, a particular KPI um, in order to uh, address the KPI or to improve the KPI, we must change our process, which is actually going to, you know, create more work for them. And it might be really you know, stressful um, for them right. to change that process, something maybe they've been doing the same way for the past 10 years. And all of a sudden you have to like do more paperwork or more steps to get to, to improve the KPI. It might be quite frustrating and it's bringing it back to the purpose and why we're doing it. So they can say, you know, this is kind of annoying right now. It's a lot of work, but in the long run, it's going to improve the patient care. And after a couple of times, I'm going to get used to it and it's going to get faster. It's going to get better. With surgical services, there's a dual benefit here. If you improve surgical services, if you make your OR more efficient, there is a direct revenue opportunity because frankly, if you do it well, you improve the 
on time start or if you improve the total surgical case time, for instance, if you're able to squeeze one more case in a day, that's going to improve your revenue. But then the second to that is there's a cost opportunity, cost reduction opportunity. So if you create efficiencies, you're going to be able to reduce, I would think, your variable costs. So that opportunity that I think is presented through improving surgical services helps the hospital, right. it helps the physicians, and then it also helps the patient because the, the satisfaction, I would think, coming out of the surgical care from the patient's perspective has to be enhanced. I think it's interesting though, um, and we've had a number of podcasts and conversations with Dr. Maisel and Steven. I think clinical folks don't have enough conversations around financial KPIs. Obviously, it's important to cover clinical KPIs and see how they can improve, but I don't know how often people have conversations, clinical people and finance people have conversations about the cost and the revenue side of things. And maybe with the leaders they do, but not with all the surgeons, not with all the surgical nurses. So I think that's an opportunity for us to change moving forward with organizations on having those conversations and learning to speak each other's language. There's a lot of education involved with that. And I think it's really beneficial to get that within right. their regular uh, processes. Well, and I don't see, I mean, you have to engage the physicians in a process improvement like surgical services. I guess the question really comes in as to what level and how involved the physician should be. I think a lot of driving the process efficiencies couldn't come from the nursing staff, but you know, at, at the end of the day, I sort of see the physicians as kind of, you know, they're they're really the the coaches, if you will, of the of the OR with maybe the nursing staff being the the quarterbacks, right? They may be running the show, but at the end of the day, it's the physicians who are really going to make the decision. So you have in my mind, we have to have a level of physician leadership, physician governance, physician input but it has to be done at the right level to, I think to your point, so that it translates well for the physicians and the surgeons to understand where the improvements can come in. Plus they need to be able to relate to the benefit, right? We talk about it all the time. Dr. Maisel talks about it all the time. It's the what's in it for me from a physician standpoint. So those elements of operational effectiveness, I think are critical in order to drive performance. Yeah, and there's a lot of education that is involved that you know people might not think about. You had mentioned there's a webinar coming up that you're going to be participating in talking about surgical services and operational effectiveness. Can you talk a little bit about what that webinar entails? Sure. We have a webinar coming up um, on Tuesday, May 24th at 11 a.m. Central Time. It's called Surgical Services Effectiveness, Five Measures to Drive Results. And in that webinar, we're going to dive into five particular, five KPIs and go through part one from the surgical um, directions team that we have collaborated with many times. They're going to focus on the KPI. And from our Lumina Health Partner side, we're going to talk about um, like lean Six Sigma and people side of things, how to address that KPI from people side of things. Well, that, it sounds good. And I'll tell you, as, as I've spoke to many CFOs around the country, many of them are, are still struggling with their financial performance. You know, as we've talked about time and time again, expenses are up, 
revenues are pretty much flat. Some of them still haven't totally recovered from COVID, although they, they're, they're moving in a good direction. I think to dive into the opportunities around surgical services and opportunities around improving processes, as we've talked about, has a direct opportunity to improve the, the financial performance from a revenue standpoint, from a cost standpoint, and certainly from a provider and patient satisfaction perspective. Right. We're going to identify causes of inefficient processes, and we'll talk about how improving efficiencies and productivity can help with the overall financial um, success. Yeah, that's great. So if for, for some of our guests that are listening, that let's say if, you know they're working at a hospital and they're, they believe they might have some issues with their OR, they believe that their OR could run a little bit more efficient. Where would somebody look to start? How do they know if they have a problem or what could they do internally in their organization to assess if they do have a problem and the potential opportunities going forward? I think they should definitely utilize the tools that they already have. Um, so if they have dashboards and KPIs like we talked about, if they have data, use that to um, make a case to the leadership and say, hey, we're looking at this data on a regular basis. We're comparing ourselves with other organizations. We have a target. Um, this is the gap that we have. We don't really know um, where to start or we don't have the right resources to address this and make a case and have a conversation and have the data to back it up. And then looking at that data, I guess you have to engage the physicians at some point, right? You... Yeah, I think it would be really important to identify for each KPI who is involved. Um, so like you mentioned, anesthesia, maybe there, uh, there's so many people involved in pre-op and post-op and anesthesiology. So identify who is involved and how they're going to be impacted or how they can make a big, um, they can influence the KPI in a positive way. Right. And then hopefully they have some resources internally in their organization around Lean Six Sigma or operational effectiveness where they can start to put in place a plan or value stream map mapping or, or, or something of that nature. Um, you know, as, as you mentioned, I think that sometimes becomes a challenge for folks. Where would they go or, or how can they identify some opportunities around process improvement? Any thoughts there? What's been really interesting is a lot of organizations started having their own in-house Lean Six Sigma team, or if they don't, they have been expanded their quality department's capability to support different initiatives throughout the hospital. So maybe people could reach out and partner with those people, use those um, expertise and um, the resources to address some of the stuff. You know, one of the things for our audience, it would be interesting to hear back as to whether organizations really have that depth of, of knowledge and that depth of experience. I know, Kate, given you know your depth of experience in, in operational effectiveness and Lean Six Sigma, one of the things that I've thought about is maybe doing kind of a deep dive of all of the the, let's say the tools or the capabilities yeah. that are required around operational effectiveness. If this is something the audience would be interested in hearing, well, I think that would be just, just a great discussion. Yeah, I think, you know, with our podcast, they're about 30 minutes. There's only so much you can cover. And we kind of, you know, touch on things at a high level. And 
Um, we are planning through Lumina Health Partners doing some articles and webinars and more of these podcasts where we discuss specific tools on how to get started. And I think um, sometimes with these podcasts, we don't have enough time to cover everything that we want to. And right. you know, going through the specific tools, it takes a little bit more education and a little bit of more time. And they're never, you know, cookie cutter solutions, right? So it's really customizing, you know, what really needs to get done from organization to organization. If a certain organization has massive cultural issues, um, forget about all of these KPIs. They're not in the uh, right place to even have these conversations. So starting with the cultural problems and leadership and things like that, it might be a little bit different. Well, and I know you've got a series of articles coming out too. You the uh the article you released a couple of weeks ago on using operational effectiveness to improve workforce performance was extremely well received. And I think we've got another one coming out on, on using operational effectiveness to improve surgical services as well too. Is that correct? Yes, we will release that in May or June. And from that article, we will talk about specific tools and how to use it. So be on the lookout for that That's article. That's great. Well, and I've, I've always been fascinated with process improvement and, and using operational effectiveness techniques to, to improve the way we do business, the way we take care of patients within hospital operations, particularly because as we've talked about, it has a direct opportunity to reduce costs. It has a direct opportunity to increase revenues if you, you know, depending upon the department and all organizations are trying to figure out ways to, to do things better, to make things more efficient. And I think for many organizations, if they could start to adopt some of these principles of operational effectiveness, I think the opportunities could be endless. For sure. And I think always remember to focus on people. People are going to be the ones who can activate these initiatives. Without the people, it's not possible. Yeah, that's great. Great advice. Well, Kate, thanks for, for coming on again. I know um, in another couple of weeks, uh, as you mentioned, we're going to have our webinar on operational effectiveness. What is that date again? May 24th, 2022 at 11 a.m. Central Time. Um, for those of you who are not able to attend the webinar live, we'll record the session and share the presentation with you on our website. So be on the lookout for that. And folks could sign up at uh, luminahp.com slash insights. Is that correct? Yep. Great. Well, thanks, Kate. I appreciate your time. And you know, just to summarize, I think there were a couple of a key things takeaways for me that, that Kate mentioned, I think are really important that drives the, the success of operational effectiveness. I think one is the data and many hospitals have a lot of data, but they don't have a lot of good information or insights coming out of the data. You have to really be able to use that data to understand one, if you have a problem and two, where to start in fixing that problem. I think the second thing that, that Kate mentioned was engaging physicians and engaging the staff. Can't forget about the people side. And especially if you start to engage physicians um, at the right level, deliver reports in a way that they can understand it, that, that aligns with the way that they're, they're taking care of patients, boy, that level of information in and of itself is going to drive improvements. And then I think third, when you think about operational effectiveness, it's one of those things that does require a commitment, but 
it, it has a lot of opportunities around it. it. Has opportunities to reduce costs, to improve uh, patient satisfaction, physician satisfaction, and also improve revenues. So, hopefully, um, the information we shared today was valuable. I encourage a lot of organizations to think about these tools, think about these uh, aspects of operational improvement or effectiveness to to drive a lot of improvements in their organizations. Until next time, I'm Daniel Marino. Appreciate everyone's time in listening. Thank you and take care. We want to thank you for listening to Value-Based Care Insights Podcast by Lumina Health Partners. Lumina is your partner on a journey to value-based care and all the pivots and challenges our industry faces daily. To learn more about us, visit us on LuminaHP.com. If you found value in today's conversation, subscribe to us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify, and leave us feedback. Be sure to check out our show notes at LuminaHP.com insights. Join us again where we continue to take a deep dive into what lies ahead and invite conversations with some of our colleagues and industry thought leaders on new trends that are emerging and how we continue to navigate and thrive. Until then, have a great day and stay safe.